0: Welcome to the Arrest All Mimics podcast,
1: with your host Ben Tallon. Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics, I am Ben Tallon, your host, this is the Illustration Limited podcast, celebrating original thinking and creative innovation. I don't know if you guys are all on the wind down, the same as me, but, oh god, the Christmas lull has kicked in already and I've got work to do, I can't afford to be doing this just yet. Um... But I'm fighting through it. I'm getting there. It's exciting times ahead. Uh, 2016, shaping up to be pretty cool. Um, just found out some really cool news. Uh, Champagne and Wax Crayons, my debut book, has been listed at number five in the top ten books. Graphic design books by Creative Block. So I'm uh, buzzing about that at the minute. It's really, uh, really exciting stuff. It's The reason this podcast is going in the first place is thanks to that book, because I really enjoyed the documentation of this crazy industry and the, uh, the exciting kind of and terrifying day-to-day life of being freelance and being in the creative industries in 2015, so I'm really made up about that, and if we can get anywhere close to that with the podcast, then I'll be a happy man so keep, uh, keep everything coming in, keep your thoughts coming in to us at Arrest All Mimics on the Twitter uh, can't wait to see what you make of today's guest, um, as we're getting close to Christmas, I handpicked this guest um because I wanted to look at the contrast and the kind of whole the contrast between everything from the you know the big the big kind of departmental Christmas shebang that we see uh, on Regent Street and all that kind of thing. But I wanted to go and explore the other end of the scale and what's becoming a really prominent, really vibrant makers' scene through sites like Etsy and the uh, you know Crafty Fox Market and all these cool things that are going on that are celebrating independent makers and people who hand paint, hand draw, hand make handcraft, all these amazing, beautiful goods that are one of a kind or really limited runs. And there's something really special about that, about being able to tell the story behind a product when you give someone a gift or, or whatever that may be. So what happened was, a few months back, um, I was chatting to my girlfriend, Laura Hawkins, of Little Birds Talk, who is uh recently become a maker and is a graphic designer. And she went to a talk in, I think, in Shoreditch... Or oh, was Hoxton? I can't remember. Anyway, she saw a talk by Sandra Diekmann, um, who is a German illustrator, and she's very prominent on the maker's scene, so she does really well with her prints, and she makes these beautiful ceramic gifts and lots of other things, notebooks and all that kind of stuff with, with her beautiful nature-inspired illustrations. And Laura came back really fired up, really excited, and really quite inspired by what Sandra had to say. So I looked into this a little further and a little while down the line I got birthday presents for Laura from Sandra and I went and visit, visited her studio which is called Mama Wolf. Mama... Really, really fucking cool. It's kind of... Um, Sandra describes it as being like a, a child's den. Uh, you know, how you envision that, that, that ultimate den when you're a kid. And that's what they've gone for. She shares with a few of their illustrators and they've got this really cool setup over in... Shoreditch, just off just out of Shoreditch anyway. And I think it's in is it Hackney, Hoxton? I get mixed up with East London, but anyway, it's that part of the world. And there's some really cool work in that studio. So I got in touch with Sandra and said, hey look, would you would you be interested in talking to me? Because I'd like to chat about, you know, the, the, the independent end of the Christmas present market and the makers scene. And obviously not just for Christmas, but it's a kind of prominent time. And what's happened this year is I've bought Every Christmas present that I've bought so far, which is like seventy-five percent of my list of people to buy for, is all from independent makers, which is really kind of cool. And it's it's nice because you get a one-to-one appreciation with the maker of the product, especially at markets when you can go and talk to them about, uh, you know, what their work is, what their inspirations are, and even on the internet on on things like Etsy, people tell these amazing stories behind these cool uh, these really cool. Gifts and and prints and you know T-shirts and all sorts and it's really kind of cool. So we're going to be talking to Sandra about the makers' market and and her backgrounds and how her, you know why her illustrations are so inspired by nature. We're going to be talking about you know how the the whole David and Goliath thing, how how all these independent makers are up against at this time of year, particularly up against you know Liberty London. Uh, I saw a talk the other week at Offset Design Festival, which was really cool. Um, in Shoreditch, and it was by Liz, Liz Sylvester, um, who I believe is the visual director, I can't remember her exact title, but she's in charge of all the you know the major window displays, the whole store, like, she's chatting about influence by Wes Anderson, and how that's, this kind of luxury end of the market is all tailored, and it's really cool, like, some really cool stories by Liz, and uh, really exciting stuff. Um, you know, they were having an opening on the Sunday, a major launch, like Kylie Minogue was going to be there. And it's all really cool, actually, and there's something very enchanted about kind of being in these kind of stores at that time of year. But as a creative myself, who's a one-man band, who's used to hand-drawing and hand-painting things, I was more interested in in the individuals and, and the, small, the small man at the other end of the scale. So I'm going to be talking to Sandra Diekman, who's amazingly successful and has been doing some of the nicest, most intricate illustrations. So um, I hope you you kind of get a a nice feel for what's going on at the moment in the maker's market and Sandra really lets us into that world and as ever the conversation goes in a million different interesting directions. So let us know your thoughts. Drop us an email uh, or hit us on the Twitter. Email is arrestallmimics at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear what you think and I hope everyone has an awesome Christmas. Uh, We're going to be coming back early 2016 with the show kind of for a new, uh, new phase, hitting it strong in the new year. Uh, we're going to leave it over Christmas. This will be the last show now for 2015. So I'd like to just take a moment to thank everyone who supported the show. I've had some fantastic correspondence from both people that I know and people I've never met in my life from all over the world and a lot of people felt really inspired by, by the work that we've been doing and the people that we've been talking to. And, you know, that was the idea. It's, this, this is uh, basically pulling back the curtain and just letting you inside the minds and the backgrounds and the experiences of some of the most innovative people in the creative industries today, and, and we want to push forward with that, and we want to work, you know, we want to get partners on board, we want to get sponsors on board. We want to make this a really serious, badass show, and... Uh, if you've got any ideas or arts of interest to you, then just get in touch because you know, we, we want to work with people to make this stronger and, and widen our outreach and talk to all manner of, of interesting people in the arts. So um, have a wonderful Christmas and I hope this show is cool. I hope you enjoy it and let us know, as ever, your thoughts. What's 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 the what's your, what's your studio called again? Bad, bad Mama. Mm. Uh, not Bad Mama, what have I got that one? Really mama Wolf.
2: Bad Mama.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bad Mama. I like Bad Mama. I like, I like Cole, I'm Bad Mama. Or Bad Grandma.
2: Thug life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
2: Oh, sorry, no, it's called Mama Wolf. Where, um, um, where does that come from? That comes from a client, a um, stockist, actually, that I was working with for a few years, um, just calling me Mama Wolf um she like she started with sandra and then one day she was like all right mama wolf next time and then i told the others and i was laughing in the studio and um <laughs> so they started calling me mama wolf because i'm the one that like got the studio and went out to them so they yeah they just adopted adopted me that's a cool, as nickname. Their it's
1: a cool nickname it's better than any nickname i've ever asked that's for sure yeah they're the baby wolves now <laughs> baby wolves I, like I
2: know <laughs> and this is a den Although I, you know, quite like to be a bear. It, it definitely oh.
1: has a den a den feel yeah to the place. It's very cosy and it's absolutely covered in decor oh, yeah. of all your work, which is amazing. And get your
2: get your money's worth. Does it
1: get you um, in the mindset? Does it get you in the right frame of you know right frame of mind? To yeah,
2: work? yeah. I mean, maybe that's really weird, but like when I was first starting out in university, I hung up the work of other artists in front of me yeah. to like spur me on because yeah. like it was just work that I really admired, um like Jockum Nordstrom and like like. Um, you know, Tove Jansen and stuff and stories and pieces of writing and stuff and then the more I created I I like started sticking up my own work in between and then suddenly I realized one day when a photographer came around to do an interview that that was just my work up entirely and I felt so conscious of it because Mm -hmm. like that's not what you want to portray and um, but it was kind of like a timeline for me to check where I was at and like and then I like I think in recent years I've I like my inspiration wall is always full with other stuff, so like that that changes, you know, things that I find and pin up. Yeah. Or people sent me, so yeah. But it definitely gets in the mood, you know, when you come yeah. into the when you come into Mama Wolf. This is, you know, this is the. Uh, illustration den you know this is where we work and <laughs> you know like it's the dedicated space you know, yeah like yeah it does it
1: it feels immediately even when I came in I was like I could easily just sit down now and get a sketchbook out and yeah, start yeah. working and I think that's really important to have that in a workspace
2: definitely yeah just I, um
1: <laughs> I did a, I went down a similar road I, I used to put like the same thing I used to put all the, the people's work I was looking at up on my walls and then only when I moved into my most recent studio did I put down all you know, my previous work, and like you say, I felt slightly embarrassed at first. I might oh, just get arrogant now, but then mm. actually, no. It's like it is. It is nice to actually have a little, just a little bit of pride, and so sort I of think actually I've worked hard for this, and I've yeah, come this yeah. far, and you can yeah. see where you're at. It is nice to yeah, get yeah. a mark upon. It's not just
2: like ten illustrations; it's like a hundred. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I
2: work too much. <laughs> well,
1: where are, you, where are you from, Sandra?
2: Um, I'm from Germany originally, um, and um, I came here when I was nineteen. Yeah. I didn't intend to stay. I literally just had a bag with me. I left everything behind and uh, came to work as a nanny. Um, But yeah, I never left. I worked for a very strange uh, person in Islington who's a professor of psychology who gives uh, interviews uh, regarding the crisis um, in Baghdad and stuff on the BBC, but he's actually a real terror at home. um, He's quite controlling. He didn't really like me mixing or having an english boyfriend. He anyway, there was a lot of stuff going on and i decided that mentally it was not good. i was looking after three children, one of them severely disabled, and that only employed me on the basis that i previously looked after my mother who had died of a brain tumor and um so i came out of like a harrowing experience into like mm. you know like freedom but not really because you know again i found myself in this caring position uh, that took me quite a lot of energy to realize that like my name was sandra and i was like this was my life and i was just gonna like not be used anymore but like walk away from it and do my own thing so yeah yeah, quite empowering then ultimately oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and also i i was dating a boy you know and, yeah there's always something there's always a boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I didn't you know I stuck I stuck around and yeah. worked odd jobs and went back to college and did my portfolio yeah um before going to university um here yeah but it was completely unplanned very yeah. very like fluxy you know yeah guy. I think
1: often the best the best you know that when you find the right path it often is quite circumstantial yeah um so did you have, have you have you a creative person have you always been quite creative or is it something you've that you've come into more recently
2: um yeah definitely i think um like making my mum was a kindergarten teacher yeah so there was always a lot of making preparing like kindergarten classes in the house um making banana alligators when I had lunch (laughs) with the kids, you know, just, like, um, lots of books around me, children's books, and lots of stories, like, that was really important. And my dad loved to draw and paint, and so it was very holistic, like, our household. Mm. um, uh, For a while, as I was um, smaller, and um, before my mum became ill, and, you know, Mm. yeah, my dad has some problems, um, so... um, yeah, I kind of like had to uh, move away from, from that life in a way and run. Um, but it was definitely the basis for me, um, like, like the roots of the, that joy that I found in, in having those hours spent making things, um, like in a way, like an escape from, mm. from everyday life. Um, I remember as a teenager having this big, um, I can never say the word, encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. <laughs> Encyclopedia. <laughs> um, of like the, the great masters uh, that I stole from my, my dad's bookshelf and that mm. then lost the spine because I was just grabbing it with my hands so much and looking through it. And I'd like literally, if we had arguments or family life was difficult, I'd lock, lock myself into the basement with a roll of um, wallpaper and my like gouache. And then I would try and recreate things. So mm. I'd, like, paint the Mona Lisa or i oh, wow. paint, like, August Macke or, um, you know, the Blue Rider movement, like, expressions, paintings and stuff. And I'd, like, try and get them really accurately and then I'd frame them and hang them in the house. And my relatives got them given and some of them still have them. So that was, like, the root of, like, I think training myself to be.
1: That's quite interesting, actually, because like... <laughs> I, that's what I did for the, until the age of. 17 18 when I went to college all I would do is, is exactly the same thing I would mm. I would work more or less exclusively with pencils mm. and fill in the lines with felt tips and yeah. I would draw sportsmen and probably just sportsmen Sports- yeah, The occasional, yeah the occasional <laughs> musician oh wrestling yeah wrestling of course yeah but actually although that stuff was only ever really mimicry it the technical skills probably came from that my ability to draw and my eye for mm. composition and all those things I had no idea I was learning that at that age. and I, probably, no, no. I doubt that you did. It was just something for pleasure, I yeah, imagine, like yeah. myself.
2: It was like reading a book. It yeah. Was just like of Or playing a. I guess people play computer games now. Like, you know, we had a yeah. Super Nintendo back then and we were yeah. allowed to play like an hour a day. I, we had to really do other two. things. Yes. Yeah, I got, yeah. that, that was my deal. I
1: got an hour a day if, if I'd been seen <laughs> to have done my homework or yeah. drawn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if it was sunny, no, forget it, get out oh, play, uh, and play. Uh, it. Yeah,
2: play, play in the woods. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Always out. Same yeah. with TV. Um, I was allowed to watch nature programs and I was allowed to watch Star Trek. Deep Space Nine and the news, and wow. um, that was it. You know, like sometimes that's, a feature film.
1: <laughs> that's like I'm going to segue off that, but that's fascinating because <laughs> your 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 style of work. For anyone that's not seen Sandra's work, have a look. And it, that I don't know, it's nature, lot of nature, um, heavily rooted in nature, but but with a real nice fantasy folksy element would that be mm. a, an accurate description
2: yeah yeah i think that's what people have written like it's deeply rooted in like northern european folk tale um and yeah i grew up with a brother Scrim and I, I grew up you know mm. um with that feeling in the back of my head that there was forest around my house there was things to explore tree houses to build lakes mm. to cycle to and swim in and it was like you know there wasn't it was undisturbed you know it was like you know it was cold it was warm in the summer and you just had the elements around you and you just yeah. you know it was like i was really at home outside yeah. and um and i think um maybe living in a city kind of perpetuates that that uh, that whole notion of 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 drawing this this theme um, because i maybe forever want to try and get back to that, (laughs) that, that safe place that I was Mm. at when I was a child, I think. Um, uh, so yeah, there's something, there's something very personal and, and, and kind of dreamlike about it, I think, Mm. you know, like, yeah, uh, which is kind of strange when you spend years more or less drawing for yourself. And then it becomes your job because, you know, working for big clients is very, very different. It's, um, you know, like, there are all sorts of things that you run into, you know, like, uh, agencies not taking on because you don't draw enough humans, and and you <laughs> think, yeah, but I don't want to draw humans, yeah. and, like, you think, um, I can get by, I'm not going to start, <laughs> and it's, like, kind of, like, thinking, you know, like, until I get to the stage where I now actually, like, probably tweeted a few days ago, like, I'd love to draw more humans, because, like, I am at the point now where I'm ready for it, but, yeah. like so yeah it has I to, be, it has to it.
1: be natural doesn't it it has to be natural. Mm-hmm. i was having this conversation with another friend who's an illustrator recently
0: mm.
1: and he had a chat with his agency and you know they would suggested that you know the, the things that were lacking from his portfolio but actually none of those things were he, he told me and i said no you no it's not you and he knew that he agreed and yeah. i think you have to be kind of unwilling to compromise like you say until it becomes a natural part of the process mm-hmm. and then when you become organically drawn to that that's when you need to pursue that urge and and do it and that's when the best things happen you know because it's it's obviously happened for a reason whether it's subconscious or it's an experience that's made you want to do that
2: i think it's kind of like maybe just one pathway to go down because i i can observe a lot of my friends who um either work very commercially or work in children's illustration and and they do very well at following a brief and very well at being directed they like to be directed so i think it's also like a character choice mm. whereas like i might be quite stubborn and um yeah. you know like i said a lot of self-initiated work um i regard myself sometimes more like a fine artist really i mean my work is in an illustration style but mm. it appeals to um the, the folk like the the buyers are then like you know, children up to yeah. ninety-year-old grannies, and I get letters from all sorts of ages because it just resonated with something that they're going through in their life or a story that they lived yep. through. So, like, you know, it's kind of like
1: I think when you're uncom- uncompromising to the degree that it has, it's so you, I think it transcends trends and mm. it and it and it, it, re- it then clicks with so many people because mm. there just there's a human element that people connect with. Um, and I think that, I think that's a wonderful thing, and that's one of the things I admired when it was it was Laura who' sat with us for this podcast <laughs> who's my Hello. girlfriend who who introduced me to your work
0: yeah
1: but immediately you can tell that it's so you know you do not even have to meet oh. you it's just it's just got such character and such soul running throughout all this all the work mm. that um
0: thank
1: you <laughs> it's, it it really does it's um you know there's so many people drawing nature and, and animals but it's very hard to be utterly unique within that stratosphere, but I really think you achieve that. And I think mm-hmm. it's the colours and, and the slight fantasy element. And um, I think, yeah, I think it's um, it's worth holding out for. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. you said about I, I, I admire people who can make a living um, from sort of selling the things that they create for pleasure.
0: Yeah,
1: I, some of my stuff yeah. is that. I'm not quite there yet, um, but you know, I don't know mm-hmm. what, what's the what's your balance sort of between commissioned client work and the things you create and kind of sell, or yeah, so
2: um, I would say that, um at the beginning, I started off um l- probably living off my sales online my my shop sales and Etsy, and I'm um, getting more and more stockists on board, and through i mean through growing online, um which is a byproduct of liking doing the work, <laughs> I mm. think sometimes um and not the other way around, which I have to explain to people sometimes um um the clients then come, so I, I have to this date not, and that's not boastful in any way, I have to this date not gone out to send up promotional material or apply for a job. Um, everything that I've done has come to me through um, exposure, I think, and a lot of the clients, if it's um, Sky or, you know, like uh, Al Jazeera, um, bigger clients, they will rehire because, um, you know, you just had a good experience together and mm. um they came to you um because they enjoyed what they saw. Um they didn't have any expectation of changing you or moulding you for their brief. Mm. It's always been really free, like when yeah. like if Moment Skis comes and says, you know, this is the format, do what you like and um that then you know it's kinda like that I don't take that for granted at all. Yeah. I think I'm very lucky and I feel like um, it might change one day, and I'm going to have to stay flexible and respond to that time. Um, mm. Yeah. Because you know this is not necessarily how it works. Yeah. Um So at the moment, I probably um, live. I can live off sales, so I live off print sales. Um, but the commissions are um, extra, so they're like you know if you do big commissions, yeah. You get a, get a few grand, um, put them in the bank, and they just. You now nourish the yeah. next few months as well, you yeah. know. And, you make you know, you're able to save a little bit. So yeah. that's I thing. think
1: it's true. I just think you can't, you can't please all people all of the time. And mm. I think it's really worth maybe going through a few extra quieter or maybe not as lucrative years mm. to, to really mould and, and retain the time and the freedom to shape your, your, you and your brand and making it an extension of you. And like you said, about, I find it interesting what you said about the the relationship between the client and the artist because mm-hmm. if your work is such a product of you that the moment that, that person picks up the phone to you or gets your tone in an email it's it's what they probably imagined and would like to get mm-hmm. therefore that's why they don't want to change it because you've spent so long making it
2: that thing yeah so
1: yeah so powerful in your own way that mm. that why would someone try to change that you're a, you're a luxury you know you're a, a, a rarity I suppose in that mm. you know People sort of—I think people who get into art direction and and creative direction roles dream of commissioning people like yourself because it's so. Everyone knows a Sandra Dinkman when they see one, you know, or at least anyone who knows your work. So strange.
2: (laughs) It's it's, it's still still completely strange to me.
1: Me too. It feels like
2: um, it doesn't feel that long, you know. It doesn't feel to me. It it feels like I'm still sixteen and uh, Mm. I'm still deciding to come to London. I don't feel any older or wiser. I am. Yeah. um, Yeah. it's 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 quite strange sometimes when you look back I, i'm i'm a person that's kind of i live in a bubble like of today and the last few days and tomorrow and and sometimes if somebody asks me what have you been up to i i you know i'd love to be this like proficient speaker that goes like i've been involved <laughs> with so and so and this was great and this is what's is coming up and stuff But most of the time i don't remember <laughs> because i'm just like yeah. yeah 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 you're just sort of like and you know like sort of stuck in that moment um <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I think that's a healthy
1: thing. I think uh, I think if you if you are there in that moment, then I think the work, mm. the work you create reflects that.
2: Mm.
0: More yeah, but again, know.
2: like I like I don't I would never beat down any any other approach. Like I think um, you know some people are very good editors, yeah. uh, much more than actually creative, and yes. and they do just as well or much more well um, because of because of. The way that they can edit their visual language and, yeah, and share things, and it's great, you know. I think it's a beautiful
1: like, thing about our industry. is yeah. a, you know, is that there are, there is no right or wrong approach. Actually, it's just, yeah. and that goes back to making it yours because that's the only mm. right. That's the only way it can that, it, that it's yours, you know. Mm. To, to pursue that is the only given truth. Exactly. Is that that's the stuff that people you love. can't lose. No, you can't. You can't
2: because I think if you are uh, if you are always trying to make everybody else happy, or not even that, but you are trying to survive, like we all are. that's a hard thing when you actually fall on hard times and you have to get some money in. Mm. Making the wrong compromises can be quite fatal, I think, because then you are like, you know, like, you know, the the, the boat capsizes and and takes on water and you can't go back. So I think you, I would much rather stay true to what I like doing and work in a shop part time and like kind of. Hone it all back a little bit. Yep. So I've always said that, like, if things weren't selling anymore, um, I wouldn't haul myself out necessarily. I would just yep. keep quiet. Yeah. And work on like an amazing book or something in, in my. Yes. You know, for like eight months <laughs> in, the, in the quiet dark room. <laughs>
1: yeah, I totally yeah. agree. That's, yeah. like, that's exactly what I did. It's like, it's, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I hit six weeks of, of no work when I was living in Manchester. Mm. Thankfully, Manchester rent costs were kind of the London, London. So yeah. I was able to write it out and remain full time. But what happened was I knew that at any point I could kind of expand on the more corporate, but less me mm-hmm. things that I was doing. And I could have made quicker money. But actually, that would have taken me down a road of diluting me, yeah. and instead, I started to tell the story on a blog. Yeah, which I was really, angry and I yeah. was frustrated, and and in the long run, it's created, it's expanded my brand to an even more, even more me. Yeah, you know so, so when the work did start coming back in, I, I knew I'd made the right. It's your call. life, you know, yeah. and you've
2: continued it, and yes. you haven't lifted for anybody else. So you yeah. know, and you wrote a book, so that's. Yeah. Your, you know, that's your legacy, that's your story you That's a you know. Yeah. That I think that's the most important. So thing. where
1: where in Germany are you from? I'm, I'm interested because uh, Laura and I went to Bavarian Germany in oh, yeah. in um, Very different. in the summer for the first time <laughs> and we got a camper van and we saw like the Black Forest and all these
2: like, oh, incredible beautiful. places. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I I never, never knew it was such a green country. Um, but it's stunning dark I mean, green. I'm interested if that's <laughs> if that's been an influence if if that's the kind of woods you're talking about that, that have influenced the, those you.
2: are probably the woods that I'm from the north, so my um, my area is more like, you know, wet flat land, um, cows and Um, um, fishing villages along the coast, and uh, big dikes and lots of uh, sheep, and it's very um, very cold and windy. And um, but still, there's there's bits of forest there, and I have been to the Black Forest, and Mm. I think that I think it must have been partly the stories that I grew up with because. um, There was a lot of Swedish literature, like there was Astrid Lindgren, uh, Ronja, the daughter of the robbers, who I always, uh, you know, like identified with, who who runs away and lives in the wilderness and like Mm -hmm. a bear cave with her lover, which they're like 12 or something, but you know, but anyway, like, it's just like, um, you know, like these amazing stories that um, I grew up with, um, that that kind of fueled, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Mm. The folksiness, in a way, I think it's really um,
1: beautiful. There's just it's such there's there's nothing I don't think that can get close to it in terms of just pure fantasy and, and magical, you know, mm. and some a place for the imagination to just run run wild.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully that, you know, like you said, like hopefully that is something that will remain timeless. Um, um, that would be the most I could ever hope for. Um, and you know, I'd like to see myself as a, an old lady mm. sitting in a in a hut, you know, with Patio doors to a little lake, still drawing. Yeah. But maybe having a few books under my wings and yeah. like you now you know I write little stories as well and stuff. So that's like <laughs> something that would be quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: brilliant. So how did you how did you begin sort of raising awareness of your of your work? I mean, right, but you know, right when you started to mm. maybe find the foundations of your existing style, mm. because um you know, in terms of prints and creating an online presence it's such a crowded market Mm. and i imagine it you know feels very intimidating for somebody who would be looking to to start in there right now yeah how did you start how did you how did you know what were the first kind of steps
2: i was still in university and i um really wanted to buy my first printer uh, which i couldn't afford it wasn't very much money but um i had a blogger um which i had a few hundred visitors on regularly and I said what if I drew you some pictures and he paid me some money so I could fund my first printer which they kindly did and some of the images that I sell today like the crown crane and the red panda I mm. still from they're like from 2009 2010 oh, wow. so they're back from funding my first printer um, and I really thought at that moment like I had done drawings before for years but I kind of just, there was a client there. It was just like a small client that I had on, you know, I'd found mm. on Twitter. But still I wanted to make it really special for them. So I tried to make it really good um, and raised the funds for the printer. And then started buying my first you know, pad of Hahnemühle paper and printing some prints up. And somebody said, why don't you sell them? And then I found Etsy. So I listed a few prints on Etsy, and people were asking for more. So the money that I got through the first sales, I put back into paper and ink. And I think like a few months down the line, I was making my rent, which was not very much at the mo- at that time. Mm. It was like two hundred and thirty pounds or something for yeah. like a room in Clapton, tiny room. We called it Tokyo. It was so tiny, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just smoked in there and drunk every day in this like big weird cloud. Yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, like, it just kind of grew from there. Um, people wanted to stock a few cards, and I just sort of found my way through. Mm. But most importantly, I think, um, when I look back, I always forget about this, but um, I did a few illustration projects um, because I didn't know anybody. And I was kind of poking around Twitter, seeing who was actually active drawing in London, Um I had a gap between university and starting to draw, so I I didn't really know who was on the scene. Um, I was just drawing, and so I had a little look around and tried to take part in some projects, and then I thought... I had a a bit of a hoo-ha with a few people in illustration who asked me to be in this project and then rejected me and blocked me from their website, and it was really... I cried for a week and a half because there was this, like... Uh, it was quite bitchy, which I'd never expected. So mm. in a way, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. But I was also thinking, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I am good enough at what I'm doing, and I'm going to become better, and I'm going to keep at it. Yeah. And um, I thought, I don't have to wait for people to invite me to illustration projects. I'm just going to set up my own projects. Mm. So I did three projects, which was um, If I Was You, which was um, a chain of illustrators' drawing each other like what they would be like or doing if they were the other person
0: and then <laughs> I did this thing <laughs> I like that
2: yeah that was really nice and the nicest was maybe it's still up it's house stories.com which every illustrator drew a story and I just set them on this endless scrolling page on top of each other mm. so it was like a skyscraper but you could see inside the stories of the building so every illustrator would do you know a level uh, yeah. illustration and then the Creature Curiosity Project. Um, yeah, it was just sort of like talking to people, which was really important. Getting um, getting in touch with other illustrators that were at the same level and mm. starting to chat and exchange fears and expectations and, 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 and see different styles. And um, just, I mean, yeah, if I had to round this up, I would say like, you you can't exist in a bubble and you can't run before you can walk. It's always this, again, flux. You have to grow. You have to like mm. ride right the wave. So yeah. I think, you know, and I still know so many people now, you know, some of who have done really well and others who have given up. But, you know, it's uh, it's been really important too.
1: Collaboration is crucial Talk. because everyone's yeah. at different stages and everyone has different perspectives. Yeah. And if you feed all of that into your mind... Mm. it's a wonderful thing and it's something that i'm loving about london at the moment i'm you know at least i'm trying to meet at least sort of one or two new people a week and mm. just whether it's just meet for a coffee got someone's studio yeah. it doesn't matter whether they're a student it doesn't matter if they're not even in my industry i just think it's really important to fill your head with new ideas and, and meet these people and maybe just challenge yourself and get out of your comfort zone and it's just you know it just yeah. really, really does accelerate and, and actually you know from what you said about the sort of bitchiness I think it's something that can be quite common in, in not just our industry but in the whole creative industries. I have a close friend who is an electronic musician in mm. a DJ, mm. and he came from a creative writing background. So he'd grown up loving music and took a real roundabout way because he studied writing, didn't have the confidence to do the music, mm. and, and sort of fell back into it because it was a natural, natural path for him. And he, so he started doing, being really quite successful after one or two years, getting way ahead of his not ahead of his station, but you know, really fast progress and. What he found was some of the people that actually, you know, he'd gone to university with and were running kind of smaller club nights started to not, you know, they wouldn't play his stuff, they wouldn't share anything, mm-hmm. they blocked him on social media. Oh, and yeah, he, yeah, And he couldn't, you know, he thought, it's what, so oh my, wow, yeah, yeah. This, this is real sort Very of personal. raw jealousy. Really actually yeah. quite, you know. But then you would look at that kind of negativity, and I don't understand why people don't understand that actually it just closes you further and further in and actually mm. you know, speaking of in a, in a cloud in a black cloud because it's it's not a nice way to be and I don't care who calls me up or asks to come to my studio student graduate yeah. any, anyone I let them come because I just think you can learn from anybody and you yeah. can all just exchange wonderful things and I just I just think negativity breeds negativi- negativity, yeah, you read what
2: you saw yeah absolutely. Yeah, I you're wrote right. that today on on a little note on my Twitter um because it's just like it applies to everything in this world, and I think that there is you can, you can't win wars full stop. That's mm. one thing that people don't realize you 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 can, you just can't be a winner without mm-hmm. like like it's everything is relative and only exists around other things. You can't see light if you've never seen darkness, and the other way around, you know like you can't experience warmth. I was just listening to Moby Dick and they were talking about um how the guy, the main uh, protagonist um is uh, in bed with this cannibal from from this like unknown world, you know, and he smokes his pipe at night and he's terribly scared and um he he sleeps with him in a bed despite his fears and he wakes up with this guy straddling him in the morning and they become best friends and they talk about like the, the warmth that they felt, like um through this friendship and sleeping in this bed together, um and how they could have never felt it if they had never been freezing all these previous nights. Like, um, you know, I'm going off on one. But like you know, like the philosophy <laughs> behind being happy. Like yeah. it's for me it's things are really simple. It's just like you you you, you be nice to people um, if people start using and abusing you, you're allowed to throw them out. Yep. Uh, you Your prejudices don't matter because you haven't met these people yet, so meet mm-hmm. them first. Yep. And, you know, it's just kind of like... Yeah, I don't know. Just
0: <laughs>
2: People are so protective of what they have and what they want. Yeah. It's incredible. Yep. And yet they are empty because they never... Do anything, they never challenge themselves, and they never meet anybody. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm the same. Like anybody who wants to come, you know, is welcome. And yeah. I have everything to learn because, you know, I think, we, I do. Still, I think, I think yeah. we
1: all do all of the time. It doesn't matter who's a master or anything, you yeah, always no. have to learn. And we're all underdogs to a degree, you know?
2: We are, especially, I mean, like when the illustration students of the Worcester University came last week um, and Lisa Hassel from Inky Goodness was asking me what advice can you give them on their way? And I, I just didn't know what to say other than bringing it back to a human level again and saying, like, you know... I know this sounds very really ridiculous, but everybody shits. Yeah. Everybody gets naked and yeah. masturbates and fucks and eats and sleeps. And you yeah. are literally no better than any of the other person yeah. standing next to you. And there's nothing more to it. Apply it to life and your job. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. Like, you know, you see these, like, rich and famous people being gruesomely unhappy and you know a person with in rags being you know amazingly happy and that, that, that you know yeah like this this idea these ideals that are sold to us are so wrong yeah. we are just treading water yeah. constantly um you know we can all stop you know yeah and just like do real things you know that's it's it. so true <laughs> yeah
1: that's it i i, I i'm Aww. very thankful that i grew up in quite a not poor, but uh, oh, yeah. a very you know very minimum wage, meager earnings family, but Same actually rich in happiness. You know, yeah. we we grew up, we we appreciated the time we had. We were all together, we were a small mm-hmm. family. I grew up um, near some very small woods, on the next to a mill that that when no one was there at night, we had this whole area to play on, and uh, that's it. I was you know that was it. It was it was friendships and it was family time and. You that, grew up in my town, I think.
2: Yeah, that's
1: that's yeah. <laughs> the mill. That's it, and and I'm very thankful of never having had that because, like you said about the white and the darkness, now that mm. you know I'm fortunate enough to have been full-time freelance doing something I love for seven years, and yeah. that's more than I could have ever hoped for. So you know, and I know a lot of that is down to the sort of humble upbringing, really, and, and mm. actually learning what matters. You know,
2: it's a charmed life if you.
1: Yeah, way you know, of changing def, life. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Etsy, it fascinates me because I've I'm, I'm just oh, yeah. sort of found my way onto it and it's not something that I, I'm not... I don't do prints and I don't really make too many things. Mm. Perhaps I've been working with Laura to make a few limited sort of edition cushions with my designs, which are great because it's not, not a skill I have to make anything. But... Um, but i'm still, so i'm still sort of working on some bird cushions yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for listeners uh laura, yeah, yeah. laura, laura, laura mix uh, it's all because of her business little birds talk and check yeah. her out on social media <laughs> so she makes sort of cushions and purses and lots of things with beautiful painted bird designs yeah very nice.
0: um
1: but <laughs> and and it, i think it's a great platform because it's a very it's a david versus goliath thing isn't it you've got mm-hmm. I went to a talk the other week at Offset Festival in London and I listened to a talk by the, um, I forget the lady's title, but essentially the creative director of Liberties and they were having a massive, you know, big Christmas opening on Sunday. Kylie Minogue was there. All singing, all all dancing. Exactly, (laughs) all singing, all dancing. Um, But then everyone I know at the moment is kind of reverting and almost going against this whole digital explosion and they want something nice and honest and handmade again. Hmm. And Etsy's kind of become this platform now where you can find a, you know individual uh, talented people like yourself who are making things and and selling them, you know. I mean, your your studio doubles up as a shop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. In, and so, how have you kind of, you know, you can't go up against giants like that. And why no. would you? Because you know we don't have the means to 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 challenge someone like that. So it's about going back to again the personality thing and, and finding your little niche and your yeah. thing. Um, how do you sort of? Because it's again, it's intimidating and very competitive market. You know, it's um, oh, it's you,
2: really confusing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, I mean, is it? I don't know. Tell me about your experiences on, yeah, yeah. on Etsy. You know, is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it,
2: Etsy is Etsy doesn't. I mean, I'm not an ambassador for Etsy, although they've flown me to the other side of the world to talk. <laughs> but <laughs> but I i like I know that a lot of people struggle with it because anybody you don't have to be invited to sell. So there's a lot of stuff on there that you wouldn't want to buy yeah and other things that are really great and um i think it helped maybe being on etsy before it became really full Mm -hmm. Um, the same with society six and places like that um um i i can see how it's difficult for people to join nowadays and i completely know that things are constantly changing so maybe Mm -hmm. i don't even understand where it's changing to now um etsy still works for me very much um And, um, there isn't a lot of effort involved because I think it doesn't act as a static shop that sits on your website. This is why I like it. Um, although I also have a shop on my website, um, there is a, a way of conversing with each other and having treasuries and like, like, like Pinterest, you can like things and you Mm. can, you can collate things and you can show them to other people. So you're having a constant conversation about the work on Etsy, um, And you you get shown around. So that really, really helps. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I mean, otherwise, in terms of, like, you're talking about Goliath and the big companies and stuff, you are signing these prints and you're getting 100% of the reward um, if you can sell them. Because otherwise, if you're going into licensing um, and, you know, you're selling, like, a 1,000 cards and you're getting, like... 60 quid or something because you're getting pennies Mm -hmm. it doesn't kind of seem fair anymore and also your cards are everywhere your prints are everywhere and people don't see why they should pay you know they are on platforms that have the money to promote themselves and bring themselves onto the billboards and put themselves first in google searches so you know the small man is drowning so in that term i really like pursuing these like stocking in small shops and selling my own stuff as long as that works for me um yeah I mean, I might be telling fibs because my memory is terrible, but I I think I've had some very strange emails. Like, for example, a few years ago, somebody offered to work to buy my entire life's work.
1: Oh wow! Okay. And
2: literally buy buy me, just buy my yeah my website and every single illustration. Just to buy I've Sandra Dickman. Yeah, just buy <laughs> and for me to start again, yeah. so they could just. I think it was like for Walmart and Urban Outfitters and stuff sure, like
1: that. Sure, really. And wow. I wouldn't. I've had like. It wouldn't shirt. be you. It wouldn't no, be it you.
2: would be so strange. To do, like, it's such a weird concept to yeah. me. Yeah. And um, yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. I think as a. I think as you go and the more experience you get, you start to understand why people invest in your work and why people are fans and follow what you do and actually buy
2: mm. buy your
1: goods. And and if suddenly you were plastered all over in one of those stores, it wouldn't be you. And it's no, uh, no. and it's nice because. Again, that that's the whole David and Goliath story. You have you have to look around, work around that, and and I think now people are growing a little. Okay, they're always you know these stores do really well for a reason, but they're tailoring to the luxury end of the market. Um, but actually, it's like, you know, mm. I think people want that. People want the story behind it. People want the, to know the person who's crafted it and know that it's uh, about
2: your ethical and moral code. It's about like you know, like from the from the from the time that you put the pencil down what you believe in to what you and how you print your work to who buys it, you know, like it's the entire story. And I think the nicest thought would be to die and for people to say, you know, um, you know, she was honest and um, Mm. we like the way she did that, you know, like um, there is probably formulas to being very successful in a commercial world. um, But I wouldn't want to feel the emptiness of, of, yeah, I haven't given it all up just yeah. to have five hundred thousand pounds in a bank and fly an yeah. island sipping cocktails because then my life would be empty because all I want to do really is draw. So um, and like well, I so think I think, I think if you, I think if, yeah. you, if, think if you're on the right
1: I think if you're on the right path and you imagine that you were, you know you win the lottery mm. and you wouldn't change that much. You know you know that that's when you know you're you're winning. You yeah. know it's like and asked, <laughs> I I to stop anything. Oh, no. It would make it marginally easier, and maybe I could have a warmer studio, but you know, it's it's tiny differences. And... You will
2: have a warmer studio, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, I will send you some logs. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant.
1: <laughs> there we go. See, collaboration always works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I was talking, you you know, Miss Led, right? You know, Joe, yeah, Joe, yeah. and um, I was chatting to Joe, and um. A very similar thing. Jo was on MySpace right at the start and and used it as a platform to sort of get her work out there. And she's got a massive following, and and it goes to show that actually before everyone swamped it, you know, she was there. She uh, was there, yeah. And it's interesting. I I read read a book uh, recently, and there was the whole story of the um, Impressionists in France about... um, and about how they were all trying for so many years to get into the, the prestigious salon exhibitions yeah. uh, over and over and and one day just kind of lost their lost their rag and and set up their own thing in an attic somewhere and and look who came out of that scene you know all the, the, the you know yeah some of the most famous artists we you know we will ever know and and it it just goes to show that I think you have to go your own own way and trust what you're doing mm-hmm. as a creator yeah, you know yeah. otherwise if you're swallowed up by whoever. Get lost very quick, mm.
2: you know, carve out new ways for others to mm. go down that's it. Well,
1: I and mean, yeah, pioneer I yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, what's <laughs> on the, so,
1: what's going So, what's going What's happening at the moment? Anything exciting on the horizon? Um,
2: I've been working with um, a powerful water company, which is um, a company from Devon who produce um, sustainably sourced. Uh, bottled water um energy water for sport but they're also really interested in protecting the oceans and you know i'm always up for raising awareness and money for Mm -hmm. for you know um protecting the the beautiful world that we live in really and um so they've said we've just finished i finished an illustration for them which is going to be launched next week um and then possibly some branding on the bottles. And um, they've offered me to support me in um, any sort of venture that I want to take on. So maybe a big show in the new year. Oh, I haven't fantastic. organized a show yet, so I'd quite like to aim high and get some big names and get mm. some big charities involved and set up a nice big show in London somewhere. Fantastic. Yeah, and I'm working um, with two publishers, which... Um, Talk about a <laughs> uh, name yet um, on uh, a few different story ideas right now. So actually, actually, I was I was
1: looking at your yeah. stuff and I was thinking, I he's <laughs> crying out for a story. Yeah, uh,
2: we've I've got I've got quite a few. Um, I've got an old story which I'd love to redo. I've got a, a new story about uh, a little bird. Um, that collects leaves and transforms himself into this big flying creature and oh, wow. just to lose it all and and, <laughs> and and see himself in the world. And um, I've got a few more ideas as well, but like maybe speaking about depression to children and, um, mm. um, yeah, just kind of addressing those kinds of topics. And like you said, I'd love to have... Perhaps a year where I can concentrate on, on these projects wonderful. again and Absolutely not both, wonderful. you know, like yeah. respond to clients. I think I've I've done some work with Sky, um, which is coming out next month as well, which is much more commercial. This is like mm. one of the examples of commercial uh work, um and doing set top boxes actually for um for them like a limited edition range oh, wow, okay. um, with polar bears and flamingos cool. and all sorts so like nice. gift guide type things mm. so yeah that, that happens sometimes oh, <laughs> of course it does yeah, yeah, yeah. all do, yeah <laughs> that's,
1: that's really interesting yeah. brilliant exciting yeah, yeah. times no that's, that's really cool am. and um yeah. okay so the last i always ask my guests the last question i have a section called shark in the tank um and i ask my guests to name it can be an all thing of all time or it can be a right now just something something that you love something that gets you out of bed in the morning mm. or excites you in some way and something that you dislike or something that you find quite negative or you know absolute open book completely anything. can I
2: ask you why you can I ask you why you like the why you like Damien Hurst
1: oh, okay yeah I've, I um, I some of his more modern stuff I'm not too into I think some of it has become a little repetitive but his mm. stuff particularly in the early 90s I find stunning. Like the mm. the I mean, you know, the reason I call the feature that is that just the concept behind the um, physical impossibility of death in the mind of someone <laughs> I think it's something to do with a creative brain. It's something that I've wrestled with over the years. You know the mm. whole like, existential crisis thing. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Especially on Hangovers. Yeah, that's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I just think. Oh, and, I, and I just it's think. It, I just think being confronted with a, a massive, you know, twelve foot shark mm. in a tank. There's this thing that's led this. G- life of you know this behemoth of a creature just there in front of you it I makes sort of me so it. sad Well, that, that's the thing i think yeah it, it, the, the the flux of emotions that you that you um yeah, you yeah. get by looking at a piece like that i just think it just blows my mind and i found it so original at the time when it came out and yeah i just found it incredible and i, I you know I, I, for someone who's immersed in a world of illustration design i'm very drawn to fine art and mm. almost at some point, I will look at going down that road and trying to create something that's more conceptual and, and larger mm-hmm. than life myself. But yeah, I just admire—I yeah. just admire it a lot. And I, and I just find—I um, just find him a fascinating character. And I find that particular movement of artists, dis- whatever you think of their work, whether it's art or not, I just find—I just mm-hmm. found the the courage and actually the how it all shook things up and was mm-hmm. part of a cultural movement in the mid nineties. It just uh, you know it inspired yeah. me growing up quite a lot.
2: I must be. Uh, yeah, I, I because like the only snippets that I kind of caught of it is um, you know recent news of him trying to buy his own artwork to hype his name up and <laughs> you know and also I mean making artwork quite exclusive and elitist which is for me really everything that's wrong with art like mm. I I love to keep things affordable and 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 you know and keep it like attainable for the masses really so mm. like I you know like that's the thing and maybe also because there was an animal <laughs> in a tank
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. probably yeah, yeah. no Ooh, um, maybe maybe, yeah.
1: maybe that could be a big show Sandra Deakman yeah. versus Damien Hirst oh my god yeah
2: <laughs> save the shark <laughs> <laughs> with that with that image mm. in the front that be cool. <laughs> no no but like um for me um Oh God! it's so hard! like I mean a lot of your your talkers that i 've listened to have already Joe said New York, mm. and um, yeah, places, spaces um there isn 't any particular piece of art, I think um Rousseau probably walking through the National Gallery and seeing the big jungle paintings, and mm. um otherwise, for me, just getting out and switching off the phone, switching off the computer, yeah. and literally like going for a walk on the beach with. The waves hitting the shore Mm -hmm. and it's just being like a wild atmosphere and being completely just, you know, like, like unimportant, really, as a person. That I find really humbling. And then coming back and being allowed to be alive, being allowed to create and yeah just having these years yeah that's that's I think yeah that's a wonderful
0: that's
2: a thing. answer yeah and yeah. I, I, I completely agree yeah
1: and any dislikes or any, any negatives I mean okay. and they, yeah. as we know negative can be a positive it's, it's again open book just is there anything that sort of irks you or you dislike or
2: I think uh, yeah it's 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 probably social media being you know the most important tool and also the thing that I hate the most about what we do, um, Mm. because it's absolutely necessary as a tool, and it does get all the work, but I think it's so new, and we don't quite understand what's going to happen yet. Um, You know, I'm not like somebody that's like, oh, stay with the old, you know, like, classic, Um, but, but but I do think, like, people are so glued to the screen, and they're so... Lost in in, in creating this abstract persona and I find that with like young people and students as well that come into illustration now they kind of have this abstract idea of who you are like it's nearly like you're not approachable anymore and and, like I do everything I can to remove that to just say like you know Mm -hmm. this is um, I am getting older and I will continue working and that will always be different than what you will start now like and it's not like you know yeah, there's competition. Healthy competition is great. Criticism is amazing and necessary, but you know, like, you don't have to, you don't have to win over others. You know. No, and, you, and 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 yeah. you,
1: you um, I don't. Think you can. You know, yeah. we're, we're in such a, a vast amount of people, like with all different things that you you can. There is, you know, like I say, mm-hmm. comp- competition is healthy to a degree, but like you say, it's um, there is no real competition. I think yeah. I think the real the real challenge is to find you and to find what. That real inner person, and when you do, no one can compete with that because it's totally individual.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree right. on
1: the social media front. I. Uh, it's very
2: strange.
1: I, uh, you know, people with their heads down, missing all the amazing things happening, all the tiny oh. things around. Yeah. I'm, like... I'm trying to kind of detach myself at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. look, of course I use it prolifically. We all have to. Oh yeah, I'm always. It's always
2: on. I'm checking it. But I'm trying yeah. to
1: to structure that now so that I'm not missing the world around me so mm-hmm. much and mm-hmm. and become a little bit more regimental with the ways that, that I you
2: promote media free hours yeah. every day, <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. definitely, like it's a so sad like lying in bed next to somebody and you know checking your phone at two a m or like you know I've done that, and um you know like thinking about the the best photo that you can take on a walk when it's actually about the mm. walk, or, yeah you know like I, I, I unfollow people when I see. Too many intimate shots of uh, them in bed with the person they love because (laughs) that does not belong there. No, it it does not. This is like
1: that belongs in there.
2: Yeah, it's like this is the sacred. This is your. That's your life, you know? Yeah. And this is your work. So, of course, like, don't, yeah. that's, don't, that. Absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's it. To, ex-
2: to hold it yeah. out for followers is just like, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah.
2: You just sell happiness like that. It's just like, no, no. Yeah, no, no.
1: exactly. No. Keep your baby in your front room.
2: So that that I am hateful about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep, yeah. <laughs> keep your baby in the bag. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, again, cats. <laughs> nah. I, yeah. I love cats. I love cats. I'm a massive fan oh, of no, I, it. I
2: have I have a cat. Uh, I love all animals. But yeah.
1: there's a cat. Video uh, festival in America, I'll go to that.
2: <laughs> no, that's weird. And also like <laughs> it's like there's enough people doing like you know, doing like picture of the work, picture of the cat, picture of you know, video of some cute badges <laughs> kissing. And that will get them the followers, you know, where like the yeah. contents the content gets completely ob- obstrued. You can mm. you can like like immediately read that page as wanting followers and not actually speaking to anybody yes. anymore. So that yeah. that's not you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, another thing.
1: <laughs> Completely. Well Sandra, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh
2: Yeah, thanks for coming.
1: Thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: thank you. I
1: well, hope you all enjoyed hearing from Sandra Dinkman. Um I loved spending time with her uh, in the studio drinking red wine on that evening. Um I headed down there with Laura uh, from Little Birds Talk. Who's just starting out as a maker and it's just she's just owned her style so well. It brings her personality through there. You can tell that straight away when you meet her, when you talk to her, when you check out Mama Wolf Studio and look at all the beautiful products that are kinda of hanging from the rafters and making up that feel that she described as a like a child's den. Um and it's brilliant. She's so unashamed and so uncompromising about her personal style and what she's doing. And uh, and I think you attract like for like. I think people buy into that and, and really come to you for what what you bring, which is something totally unique. Uh, and it can only be you, which, to be honest, goes right back to the title of the show. That's why I wanted to call this thing Arrest All Mimics, because it's so important to find you and use the influences. That's, we all have them, but but not mimic them and and really make them, you know, put your spin on things and make it something that no one can replicate. I think that's the the key to all good art, especially good art that connects with large numbers of people, even, you know, small numbers of people. If something resonates with one individual, then I think you're doing something right. But anyway, do go and check out Sandra's work um, on the links she gave and... You know, if you want, if you're after any cool, uh, unique Christmas presents or cards or prints or anything else that Sandra does, go and check them out. You want, you know, they're fantastic quality. Thanks to Laura, I've actually got them on our living room wall at the minute, Uh, two or three pieces up there, and and they're they're beautiful quality. They come out so well. And when you frame them, they really do uh, look like something special. Uh, a little, a little plug for myself. little mention. I'm delighted that I've been shortlisted for the Dot London Small Business Awards, which is the inaugural uh, awards ceremony of its kind, and. There's lots of categories and you know everything from best restaurant to best club, uh, nightlife type thing. And I, w- I was pleasantly surprised to find out that I'd been nominated for the best creative agency uh, 2015, I think it's this year. <laughs> I should really should know that, but there's me and five other uh, agencies, so go and check it out and vote for who you think is worthy uh, of the award. I would be delighted if you thought that was me, but I want it to be an honest vote. Um, it's kind of cool, I'm a, I'm a freelancer I, I wouldn't normally be categorised as an agency um, and I've written a piece on the topic about how doing things like this the podcast, writing uh, and being a part of things actually you know, if you behave like an agency you can quite easily use the network around you to become one so check out the piece, that's on Design Week's website um, in my usual spot you can do that at awards.london and you'll see the categories there it's a creative agency of the year category Give me a vote if you've got the time and you like my work. Uh, you know, I'm kind of fighting the freelancer's corner on this one. Uh, I'm a one-man band up against much bigger agencies with 10-plus employees, and it would mean the world if I could win the thing. But if not, then it's just a real honour to be, to be shortlisted. So, uh, you know, hopefully with the listeners of Arrest on Mimic's help, I can, I can do this thing and at least have a, a decent night out at the awards ceremony, and we'll see what happens. You just never know, right? It'd be quite an ironic thing for one man to win an agency award, but who knows? You know, it would be really cool to pioneer such a thing um, so just again just to reiterate I want to thank everyone who's made this show such a pleasure to be, uh, to be the host of and to produce uh, this year in 2015 it's been a massive year for me personally and hopefully uh, you guys have learned a lot of cool things and heard a lot of cool stories from my guests and i want to engage more with you guys so do hit us up you know moving into the new year on the twitter at arrest mimics email me at arrest at gmail.com with any suggestions if you want to come on the show let me know why you think that's a good idea and i'll listen to all applications you know where i'm just one of you's out there there's there's loads of people that i miss on a daily basis that you can you know you can never be aware of every artist that's going on, but. Uh, I want to hear suggestions and and get things moving fast in 2016. Big plans, so a massive thank you for all your support. And anyone who's listened or spread the word, it really does mean the world because this is something I'm really enjoying doing and I really want to make this big in 2016 and beyond. So without you guys, I will be nothing and I cannot do that. So thank you. Uh, And I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. And uh, we will see you early in January with some new amazing guests. Take care, guys. Have a good one.